We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to Off the Bench. Today is Tuesday, January 19th. It's the day before Inauguration Day here in the United States. And I wanted to give you guys a shot in the arm, some encouragement from God's word today, because I believe that we are living in a moment, in a Haman moment, but God desires an Esther outcome. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So lots of things happening today. Uh, obviously, you know, what's going on in the news, just the the the, the inauguration of, uh, of Biden. I can hardly even say it <laughs> to the White House. And I've been thinking, and, you know, we'll talk about this some more, I think, on Thursday when it's all said and done. But today, I really wanted to focus on what's happening in the church, what's happening with God's people as we look ahead. There are so many things that we can talk about and so many things that we can focus on, but I think it's always a good idea, always a right thing for us to make much of the gospel, to make much of Jesus, to make much of um, of our role in the world right now. And we really do have an incredible, uh, an incredible role to play. Before I get started, I want to say thank you to Mallory from Clayton, North Carolina, uh, Dina from Plano, Texas. We sure love you guys. And Vera from Whitby, Ontario. She's a new listener from Canada. And, uh, And she said, Heidi, I love listening to you. It's like enjoying a fresh breath of air on this polluted world. And boy, I'll tell you what, we're heading to the way of Canada right now. The United States is rapidly careening toward uh, the policies that they are enduring uh, under the Canadian government. And I think this is a this is a a salient moment for the church. This is a salient moment for God's people, for even for for me. Uh, you know, what does God want me to do in this moment? That should always be the question. God, what do you want us to do? And here at the podcast for the last eight years, we have been committed to bringing you, you know, the news. And I've been telling you guys, I, my heart beats really for how do we operate in the culture as men and women of faith? What does it look like to live in a post-church era, you've heard me say many times, I believe that the age of grace, the church age is coming to an end. When that happens, I believe that the church will be raptured. I think you can make a very good case for this in scripture. And this is something I've been teaching for a long time at Mom Strong International and will continue to teach uh, from, from God's word. But we always want to look to God's word, don't we? No matter what we find, no matter what situation we find ourselves in. And I've been thinking a lot lately about the story of Esther and she was full of faith and even though her faith was going to be severely tested she pulled through she didn't give up and God used her actions to save his people and this is really where the story of Esther I think comes into play in the culture right now because like I said at the beginning of the podcast I do believe we're living in a Haman moment, a moment where evil has been unleashed in the culture, 
um, a, a person messaged me on Facebook the other day at, at the main page that I uh, run. And she said, you know, Heidi, Biden goes to church and Biden is for healing and reconciliation. And I was thinking about Keith Green saying, you know, going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's going to make you a hamburger. I don't care if Biden says he goes to church. We got to be more discerning than this. It's always been about the platform and somehow it's become about a person. And so since the church has made it about a person and not about a platform, and I, I think you can make a pretty good case for Trump's personality made it about Trump, right? But for the Christian, it's always got to be about God. And what is God doing? And I love the story of Esther because Esther uh, lived an extraordinary time. She lived in a time really of persecution for God's people. The Jews have been persecuted by, by evil men forever and ever. Amen. But Esther lived in a in a very, very challenging time. She Her uh, Jewish name was Hadassah. I love that name, actually. And she was an orphan. And God uses the most unlikely people. And there's a lot of you listening right now that you realize too, that we are in an Esther moment and God wants to use you. And I've been saying for a long time, get off the bench, get onto the battlefield. What would God have you do? What would God have you do right now in this moment? And the first thing we need to do is to recognize that God has a plan. And that he wants his plan accomplished. And so I said last week, and I'm going to keep saying it, we need to stop praying only for the things that we want. It's not wrong to say, Father, we need healing. Lord, we need your help. But at the end of at the end of it all, we model what Jesus modeled in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours. And you guys remember the story of Esther. She faced either a death sentence from the king or favor as she went to him. This is really what it came down to because remember she approached the king in his throne room uh, because it had been made known to her that an evil man, Haman, was plotting to kill her people. And according to the law of the Persian Empire, which was vast at the time, approaching the king uninvited as she was going to be doing would earn her a death sentence unless the king showed her favor and extended the golden scepter to her. Now, Esther knew the consequences of her action, but the lives of her people demanded that she risk her own life and that she act. And you know how the story ends, right? When when the king, the, the, the Bible records that she had won his favor when he saw her approach, he extended his scepter and permitted him to come before him. And she stepped out in faith. But Esther didn't just start out that way. Esther's life and Esther's story started out very, very differently. And I wonder if a lot of us are thinking right now, I'm no Esther. I'm no Daniel. I'm no Joshua. I'm no Caleb. I come from, you know, ordinary family. My, you know, my family's been just doing ordinary things. We're not in politics. I wonder what it would be like if we actually started doing what the Patriots did so long ago, you know, go way back to the 1700s when ordinary people, you know, farmhands and ranchers and seamstresses like Betsy Ross, when ordinary people just started saying, you know what, 
we're going to ask God what he wants us to do. Because really, that's what Esther did. And here we are living in this moment where we have a Haman, and I'm, I'm not talking about a person. So before anybody gets mad at me, I'm not saying that Biden is Haman or anything like that or Pelosi, although I think you could make a pretty good case. <laughs> I'm saying it's a spirit, a Haman spirit. In other words, an evil spirit that has really fallen over our nation. And I heard from a lot of Christians who actually didn't get out and vote because they just thought it was a shoe in for President Trump. He's absolutely going to get reelected. We saw how that went down. I'm going to talk more about that on Thursday. And how do we live? How do we accept the results of an election that we believe to be stolen, we believe to be fraudulent? What does that look like? I think that there is, it's a tremendous opportunity for Christians. But our role in all of this, right in the middle of this, in this, in this terrible moment for our nation, is to trust that we were born for this time, literally born for this time in human history. Every single one of you listening to this, you guys were born for this. And I know a lot of you are struggling to feel God's presence and even to discern his activity right now. But I assure you, God is at work. He's never not at work. God does not slumber, the Bible says. He does not sleep. And you remember that Esther had an incredible opportunity in front of her. It was also, it could have been the end of her life. And remember, Mordecai reminded her of her position. And he said, listen, your position right now isn't an accident. Every single one of you listening to this, God has given you influence in some area, some way, shape, or form. Can you get onto a library board? Can you run for school board? What can you do? And I think one of the things I love about Mordecai so much is he implored Esther. He's like, look, you, God has promoted you to this place, this incredible place for such a time as this. And he, he was pleading with her to go to the king and beg for the lives of her people, knowing the implications of it. Esther would need to reveal her Jewish heritage. Some of you are like, I don't want anybody to know I'm a Christian right now. I'm afraid. Mordecai didn't make any excuses for Esther. And instead, the opposite was true. This young girl, a lot of uh, Bible historians think maybe she would have been 14, 15 years old. And instead of saying, oh man, you know, this is crazy, just keep quiet, he didn't. Instead, he said, if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place, but you and your father's family will be destroyed. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Esther had courage. We have a pandemic of courage in the church right now. And Mordecai's words captured Esther's heart and helped her have the courage to step up to the front lines. And I'm hoping that my voice does that for you guys. Because we, I, I, I think Esther's response to him was, if I perish, I perish. She realized it was worth fighting for. She realized it was worth taking a chance for. Truth is always worth taking a chance for. And I loved what she did. She didn't panic. She didn't freak out. She began to fast and pray. And if you're not praying right now, can I just encourage you to pray in agreement that God's will would be done. Not our will, Lord, but yours be done. Just like in the days of Esther, Lord, you are still at work. God is at work. And he wants to work powerfully in your life right now. 
we have an opportunity to stand for righteousness in a culture that is just on its head right now. Did you guys see the uh, the the new Cadbury egg commercial? Just don't even look it up. It's horrifying. Basically, uh, shows two bearded men sharing a Cadbury egg. I'll just leave it at that. And I, uh, my heart just broke as I I watched this, and I just thought, as it was in the days of Noah. That's where it is right now. But you know what? God, God will make a way. God will make a way. When things look terrible, it looks like there's no chance, no victory, no unexpected breakthroughs. Remember that God can do it. God can do it. God can grow your faith in the middle of all of this. God can heal your marriages in the middle of this. A lot of you have pulled your kids out of school and your eyes have been open to what's been. That's God. That's the Lord. And the situation for Esther seemed hopeless. The situation for the Jews in Persia seemed hopeless, but God made a way. God can make a way. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. That's what he does. And God God is going to have his way. You guys, we have read to the end of the book. God wins this thing. He is always victorious. Always. And we're watching things unfold around us right now, and it seems like there's no hope. But can I just remind you guys that God is sovereign? And even though we're living in a Haman moment, I believe God is going to have an Esther outcome. And he will have it one way or the other. One way or the other. And we may, this may be a moment of true persecution for the church. Don't lose heart. We are the children of God. And the Bible says that no weapon that's formed against the children of God will prosper. We have an opportunity to advance the gospel right now. We're living in a time where people are afraid of dying, and we see it every single day. People are being motivated right now to go down and get an injection of a, of a vaccine that is still in the experimental phase. That's exactly what all of the uh, vaccine inserts say. This is still has not been approved by the FDA. It's an experimental vaccine, and yet we're doing this for a virus with a 99.9% survival rate. You guys, something's going on. But in the midst of it all, God is reaching out to us. And I, I, I guess I want you guys to remember the lessons from Esther. When your heart hurts, God's heart hurts with you. He is in you. He is for you. He will continue to fight on your behalf, even when you don't see it. And just like he did in Esther's day, he is going to accomplish far more than we could do on our own. And the way that we ask him to do that is through prayer. Father, not our will, but yours be done. And no matter what happens tomorrow, I mean, you guys, I've heard every kind of crazy thing under the sun. I told you guys the other day, turn off the news. I don't even, I'm not even watching it right now. Because my hope isn't in the government. My hope is in the Lord. It doesn't mean that I think we should pull out of government at all. In fact, I wish more Christians would run run for office. Because you bring to 
positions of authority, when you run for office, you, you bring with you the power of the living God at work in you that helps you to be discerning. That's why I keep telling people, get off the bench, get onto the battlefield. The transformation is happening inside of you as you study the word of God. So be encouraged, you guys. We're living in a Haman moment, but I believe that God will have an Esther outcome. And it may not be right now, and we may have to suffer for a while. But you remember what the Apostle Paul said, for us to live is Christ and to die is gain. We have literally nothing to be afraid of because at the end of this life, you guys, we're going home. We're going home. That should be the message that you tell to your children. And to your children's children, learning to pray the way that God would have us pray, learning to walk with Jesus through difficult times. God's at work. Our nation has fallen far, far from its original intent. And we're watching censorship happening in the news. We're watching, we're watching, uh, Conservatives and Christians being deplatformed all across social media. And yet God says, I'm still here. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. And in the days to come, if your heart is heavy, turn to the Lord. Because I think you guys have been born for this. I think I was born for it. For this is the time that God, we could have been, I mean, you guys, we could have been born, you know, in the early 1900s. Or we could be born 20 years from now. But God said, nope, I'm going to put you right here right now. Why? For such a time as this. For such a time as this, God has something he wants you to do. And so I'm going to be praying that we all find it and that we do what God wants us to do. Before I leave today, I really want to answer a couple of questions. I'm going to try to get to at least one of them every day. And Emma from Florida had a question. Again, most of your questions come about come now, they have to do with the Rona. This is so sad to me because here we are in a late January. We're still talking about this. Um but I understand why the questions are coming in. So we'll keep having the conversation as long as it's important. She says, hi, Heidi, I don't wear masks, but some of my closest friends do. I can respect their right to choose, but I will not hang out with these friends at places that require masks. This has created tension between me and my friends. Any advice for me? Lots of places require masks where I live. All right. So uh, Florida, which is really sad because you guys have a governor that gave you like, hello, open up. And the mask apocalypse is there anyway. And this is the thing. This has created tension. I think it's it's silly for us to ignore the fact that there's all this tension around it right now. But can I just encourage you right now? If, if for as much as it, it depends on you, learn to live at peace. You can have people over to your house. You could, I, I just, you know, you've heard me say, I don't go to places that require masks. And so it's really, you know, it's kind of ruining my social life. <laughs> but, it, but my heart's intact. And so uh, I just... For me, it's, that's just the deal breaker. And you might be just be having conversations one-on-one with some of your friends and see where they're coming from. Try to hear their heart. Like I said before, I'm not, for, I'm not against people wearing masks. I'm against forced mask wearing. That's what bothers me. I think the science isn't there. And I, don't, I think that it perpetuates fear and it perpetuates a lie. And there's this whole big lie around COVID-19. Not that it's not a virus, but that how we're treating it is absolutely wrong. And if you listen to Dr. Gold, I'm going to see if I can get her to come back. She's got an excellent, she did an excellent talk at a church the other day about COVID-19 and about the vaccine and basically saying they're calling it the SARS-2 because this isn't new. Like there have been coronaviruses around forever and they don't do vaccines for them because vaccines don't work against coronaviruses. It's basically just a uh, 
an extension of a common cold. And she said as an emergency room physician, she has watched people die from what was essentially a common cold. Because if your body is uh, compromised, something's going to take you out. She said that her father, who was also an, an emergency room physician, called pneumonia an old man's best friend. And the acknowledgement was that life and death go hand in hand. But we're so afraid of dying now from a virus with a 99.9% survival rate that we've forgotten how to live. So I do realize it's it's um, hurting friendships. I also think it's revealing some things. And so ask the Lord for, for wisdom and he'll give it to you. Other question says, um, Heidi, I don't really wear a mask. But some of my friends do. That's their choice, but it hurts my heart to see their faces covered when I hang out with them. I feel like it's a wall between me and them because I can only see their eyes. Do you have any advice for me? So uh, this is a funny story. I went to see uh, a chiropractor the other day. And I've never seen him without a mask on, but I have chronic issues with my back. And I finally found a chiropractor that let, would let me go at least in without a face diaper. And I was sitting in with him the other day and I finally just said to him, could I just please, I don't even know what you look like. Can you please just take the mask off? I feel like I can't, we're not talking as a human being to human being. And so he did. And I, you know, it's so weird. I almost started crying. I, this is so dehumanizing and it is hurtful. So when you say it hurts your heart, I get it. It is hurtful. We are image bearers and this is not how we were meant to live. But I guess my encouragement to you is to lean into the Bible, lean into God's word. You can join the community at MomStrong International. That's a great place. Um, and and ask the Lord to give you friends that don't cover their faces. I go to a church that nobody, hardly anybody is wearing a mask. And the fellowship there is amazing. Masks are hurting people for lots of different reasons. But you guys, don't give up. All right. Don't, don't fall into this discouragement thing. Don't start hating people. You know, know, there are a lot of people that hate me because I, because of my position on this. I I think it's a wrong reason to have angst and an inability to love people because of a mask. All right. We can still love people and tell the truth. And if people don't want to hang out with you, that's okay. And I think the conversation needs to be had. I feel so distant from you because I don't, all I see is your eyes now. I don't even, it's very dehumanizing and that's all right. And I wonder you know, oftentimes, you know, we've seen this is this is a not fair comparison, but I think that the imagery is good. We've watched forever and ever, amen, like women in the Middle East forced to, you can only see their eyes. It's terrible. And they do that on purpose. It's dehumanizing. It's demoralizing. It pushes you down to a different, um, in, in culture, it's a pushing down of a human being. And uh, for some reason, we've allowed it. I think it's the adversary. Um, I think it's judgment, call it what you will. But regardless, our job is to speak life, to speak hope, to speak truth, to preach the gospel at all times and use words if necessary. All right. So you guys hang in there. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. If you have not yet left reviews for the podcast, we really want to get to 10,000 reviews. And when we do, there's going to be a big old party Uh, and we've got a ways to go. So help us out. We're almost to 2000, which is really awesome right now. And you can do that by going to iTunes. Please leave reviews for my books at Amazon, wherever books are sold. And uh, particularly the independent bookstores. We appreciate that as well. And I know do I know that they do also. If you guys want more information on my ministry, you can go to momstronginternational.com. We are getting ready to start a brand new study in the book of Titus. That will start the first Monday in February. And it is called Walk This Way, Living a Rapture Ready Life. You guys are going to love it. Thanks for listening today. I appreciate it. And we'll see you back here tomorrow for a very special edition of Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. I'll see you tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. 
For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.